Welcome to the Chug and Chat. We are your I, oh god, that's hard. We are your hosts, Mo and Liz. Oh yeah, that's nice. That yeah, it's a little really like emphysema y. <laughs> it's oh, that's so terrible. It is though. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Well, welcome to True Confessions number six. New Meadow six. Indeed. I'm so excited. And to actually, be here. appropriately, we're going to talk about um, appropriation a little bit today. <laughs> appropriately, <laughs> appropriately, uh, we're going to talk. So um, there's this article that Liz and I just most really recently read, like literally like yesterday, and um, it really spoke to me. It super spoke to me, and it's something that I think we really need to talk about. Uh, we're talking about how white. Um, straight women take up space in queer spaces, like how um, bachelorette parties will go and take up space in drag clubs, even though it's not necessarily something that they support and or understand, um, and things like that, and kind of like can, can talking about moments in which we think we have done that ourselves, and and uh, how we're going to be better humans and how we're going to like, you know, I mean, when I read this article, I was like, oh, my God. Um, so this is a HuffPost article. It's by Susan Shaw. Um, and it's actually about a club that's in Portland, Oregon, where I live. Um, and I just found whoop, it. Whoop, whoop. And I, I just found it to be like super interesting. Anywho. Partially, partially because it's uh, the whitest place on the planet. So that's- Yeah, big time. Yeah, the whitest place on the planet. And 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 also like I I have not in my time here found many instances where I really thought um, there was a lot of appropriation going on. I just sort of thought there was a lot of whiteness going on. Right. So it's like you don't even, it make, it's an added layer of not realizing maybe if appropriation is going on, if everyone seems to look the same as you. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a great point. But also, too, there's a really interesting kind of double double layer here in in after reading this article I was like wow all of these points are super fair it is not my place as a cisgendered white woman to just stomp into um a queer space and go mine now um which you <laughs> know which when is you sing it like that yeah. mine now which <laughs> is certainly something like I, I used to work at a gay bar um I worked there for two years in Albuquerque and 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 I never felt like I was doing that but I have no idea if I was you know I have no idea like it like what this article really did for me and I'll, we'll post it to the Facebook but what it really did for me was to make me take a moment and go fuck like I have done almost precisely what um what is being detailed in this in this article and what are some of the things, like, in particular that you feel like you've done that stood out to you? Well, I think, so I think as being a, a cisgendered white woman and being a, a young one in particular, like in my early 20s, out to party, um, often the spaces that I found myself in were queer spaces. Like, I used to hang out at the social club in Albuquerque. I used to hang out at effects where I worked. Um, I used to go to drag shows and, and things like that. And, and for me, I always sort of felt 
like it was a place that was not the meat market for me. So I enjoyed yeah. going to those places because I felt safe there. Um, I didn't feel like, I felt like I could party and have fun and that the community that I was with was a community that, that was going to take care of me and that I, we were all sort of mutually looking out for each other. And looking back at those moments, that's, that's not what those spaces are for. They're not for me to go party so they can take care of me. Yeah. Wow. You and know. it's so interesting too that it's like, like think about the the layers of that, right? It's like we might not feel comfortable at certain like broy type bars because we're basically just going to get like fondled and cat. I certainly wouldn't. And yeah, all possibly roofied, and so it's like we go out of a space where we don't feel safe into another space where we we feel we do feel safe, but now we're maybe not making them feel safe because we're there. Yeah. Yeah, there's something in this in this article where um, the the woman who's writing it is saying that her partner turned to her because there were so many straight women around. Her partner turned to her and was like, "Well, are, should we pretend like we're together? Like, should we or, or should we pretend like we're not together?" And she was wow. like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, of course we're going to pretend like we're together. Like, we're uh, we are. Like, of course we're going to be together." But thinking about it that way, like the fact that that anything that I could have done could have inspired someone who who is in that community and who has every right to be in that space and that's their church right so that was something um like my my uh my very good friend uh i'm gonna say her name missy my very good friend missy um shared after the orlando um fucking massacre the most horrible thing ever she posted something um about how when we worked at at effects in albuquerque at almost the end of every night, um, and it, maybe it wasn't every night, but it felt like it was, there was a DJ who was there all the time, and he would play a song that, that's called, I think it's called This Is My Church, but if it's not, like most of the words are, it's like a techno song, and it says, this is my church, this is where I come to heal my hurt. Oh, wow. And it was like, that was, that you know, it was like, that was, this was my church, you know, this was my church, this is where we come to. And she posted something about, like, you know, that that was the moment. Those were the community moments. And, and you know, someone like the shooting at the Orlando nightclub was someone's church burning down. Yeah. And making it think, you know, making me think about it that way. Like, if I were to come into your church and say that I'm an atheist, but I really like the party. But like, this is a great potluck. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you know what I, I mean? You, like, I love that you went to potluck because that's like totally what you would do at a church, right? Right. Like, like I, I don't believe in that or like, I, yeah, like I don't believe in the same things that you believe in necessarily. Or even if I do, like I don't practice in that same way, but move over. Let me sit here. Yeah. That's so true. And especially when you think about it in the context of like a nightclub like effects or any nightclub, I mean, like usually there's a line there's sure. you know you have to pay to get in so it, it could l quite literally be taking someone else's spot yeah um and that's yeah really kind of alarming to think about i know that the, that i've been to many gay bars um without being invited by anyone in the lgbtq community you know mm -hmm. i mean very similarly to how this article talks about and what you're saying it's like sounds like a great time um, I'm going to feel safe here because no one's going to hit on me. Um, but it's like, if I think back to it, it's like sometimes I would go with a group of males and females. And if you really think about it, you know, sometimes 
you know, the joke going around the group, uh, whether initiated by me or not, I hope to God I never initiated it, but, you know, the joke kind of going around the group is like, oh, well, like, you know, Charlie or so-and-so is going to get the free drinks tonight. Like, why don't you go up and try to order the drinks? Because then it's more likely that, like, you know, the male bartender will give you free drinks. Whereas, like, that's what happens, you know, at, at, at straight bars, so to speak, like, with, with women all of the time. And it's, like, even that's really fucked up, right? It's, like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, why don't you go pretend to be slightly attracted to a man to get a free drink, even though you're basically an imposter in this space? You know, it's almost as bad as, like, you know, people suggesting that you're going to, like, look at the show, you know? It's, like, oh, well, like, you know, they're gonna, like, there's gonna be all these outfits, or there's gonna be this big performance, or I want to see what it's like, and there's something to be said, of course, for, like, you want to be around people who are different from you, of course, and and build relationships with them so that you can have greater understanding, but that's very different than, like, going in and shoving people out of the way at the club. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, screaming and not being respectful of performance and and all of those sorts of things. So I think, like, and and like you said, um, you referenced, like, directly a part of the article where, you know, she's talking about how um, she's talking to the door person and the door person's like, well, this is their show. This is this is their dog and pony show. Like, they're here for the dog and pony show or, or wh- whatever, um, referring to the drag show. And and that's not what, like, that's that's not what it is. You know, that's, that's not what it is. And certainly somebody who doesn't have an understanding of what kind of, per- what performance is in general, but what also performance is um, at the drag level and also performance in, in moments of undress, like burlesque and things of that nature. It's just not... It's not a place for, it's, it's so hard. Oh God, it's so hard because it's for you because obviously it wouldn't be a performance if, the, if, if, if an audience, if they didn't want an audience, right? Like if people didn't want an audience. Yeah. But, but it's not for you. <laughs> Do you. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's not done. It's, it's done to educate and to, um, and, and to, um, you know, please those who understand it. It's not done to as a freak show, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Precisely. Yeah, it's not. It's not some like freak show spectacle that you're. Yeah, like to, come like, look at the bearded at. lady, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's so interesting, like your perspective talking about actually working in a gay club, though. I feel like there there are some real gray areas there with that because on the one hand. Yeah, you're a straight woman working in a gay bar, but is it the same kind of bad if you're employed to be part of that entertainment that is for the LGBTQ community? I mean, that's where it gets really gray area to me because I totally understand the like, okay, we need to make like all of the brides, you know, all of the bachelorette parties that have now decided that, like, going to the gay bar is, like, the fun thing to do and everyone just gets crunk and they stop at all the gay clubs on the way because it's so fun and they can just dance and be themselves. Like, that makes total sense to me that that's fucked up and that that's appropriation. And despite the fact that I'm sure I've found myself in that position, this definitely made me think twice, three times, four times about ever doing that again. But it's, yeah. so, mu- it's so much different, I th- or it seems different if you're em- employed there you know so I I have I have multiple thoughts on that and and it's so yes um 
in in a certain way because like we were there so i i did aerial go-going so i did um aerial hoop above the dance floor on saturday nights from midnight to two um for two years it might have even been close to three but it was at least two and dang i'm just yeah. gonna, like an aside really quick like i never saw you do it but i saw I those people up there did. it was i fun. wish i did too because it was fun it's like everyone was always so amazing so i'm i am sad that i missed you doing it that. was That's just so also cool. like one of the best times of it, it was honestly my personal drag period in that i uh, was able to do it was my three best friends and myself and we, everybody would come. I lived downtown. I lived really close to the club. So everybody would come to my house at like 10 and we would get into full hair and makeup. And we'd like choose, we, we'd themed it out every week. Like we were like Western week and we like painted each other gold and like did, <laughs> you know, we did all kinds of just like really ridiculous, super fun stuff. And to be in your early 20s, like that was really fun. Like that was just a really, and I, I will Hell never, yeah. and we took so many pictures. Thank God. Thank God we took so many pictures. But, <laughs> but I, I'll never forget doing that. But thinking about even, even what I just said is is an yeah. appropriation of that culture. So I was going to this space because, you know, I had been hired to perform. And that doesn't mean that I wasn't appropriating the culture in the way we chose to dress for it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it was big hair, it was big makeup, and partly because that was appropriate, right? Like that was super, that was appropriate to be wearing there. It's dark in there. To even see your face, you have to be wearing a ton of shit. Right, but, so some of it is like just what you would do for the theatrics of it anyway. But but it's really hard to define whether or not the theatrics, the theatrics of it anyway are also appropriating. I know, it's so confusing. And it's like... I know. And it's like, so it sounds like you guys had some liberty, obviously, on the costuming. Entire it- liberty. They didn't give okay. a shit what we wore. Like, they were like, just, like, show up. And we and we were like, you mean themed outfits? And they were like, we really don't care. And we were like, okay, well, <laughs> next week we'll be, like, Were the c- club owners LGBTQ? No. Hmm. No. Um, but they're But too. very active in the community. Well, sure, sure. Yeah. Interesting. You know, that's interesting in and of itself because, Mm -hmm. again, it's like we both consider ourselves strong allies. Yeah. And would never want to appropriate that culture by any means. But, I mean, that's even really interesting. Like, do you think that people in the LGBTQ community, if they knew that this person were straight, do you think they would have a problem with it? Like, I had no idea. (sighs) You know... If they did, I never heard a word of it. Sure. It was such and continues to be like, it is one of those, like, it should not have stayed open. You know what I mean? Like, in that, <laughs> in that, like, Albuquerque's not an easy place to have a club. Like, clubs, no. they close all the time. And, and they've, they've been, they're still open. And they've opened, yeah. like, new parts of the club. Like, they, they bought, I don't know if they bought the building or if they were just renovating, but it was an old office building. So there were, there were like endless places to be able to expand it. And, you know, when I started working there, they had a plywood floor. And really? <laughs> yeah, like literally, literally. And um, I, we worked there for their opening night. We did the first pride there. Um, it was the wow. first pride that I ever um, was on a float for and like participated in. And it was the, it was the first pride that pride that we danced for. And I mean, it was like they, the the bars were barely finished. Like it, it was like 
barely done. They were just racing to get it done for Pride. And that place was absolutely packed. And every Saturday night, it was absolutely packed. It didn't matter. You know, it was more packed on Halloween. It was more packed, you know, on on New Year's Eve and other nights like that. But but it was it was packed all and the time. And you have to, like, chalk that up to, like you said, it's like, it's basically like the only club in Albuquerque. So, I mean, that's, it's, again, adds well, another interesting Well, and that's interesting the interesting thing. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it's like, it was one of the only dance clubs it was the only dance club other than um the library which has a completely different feel it is a very straight feel in yeah, that club I did not like that club I no never went no there. <laughs> and um it's the only real like open dance floor dj club downtown and they um you know they they worked really hard to make it safe for everybody there was yeah. a ton of security there. You know, I mean, it was, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time working there. I really, really did. But it was, it, it, it evolved, right? So at first, it was only the people in the community that would know about it. And then it became the place where straight girls went to dance, which yep. then brought in the straight guys to pick up the straight girls. Right. And so the evolution of that club was really interesting over two years to kind of watch. And I think, and, and you know, when it got rougher, when, you know, when there were straight guys in there, because duh. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's really difficult for me even having had direct experience in, and it was not a drag club. There were a lot of drag shows there and, and queens were there all the time and they were fucking awesome and like the nicest people that you would ever meet. And I remember, oh my gosh, like the, the like third week I worked there, I was like washing my hands in the bathroom. And I was like, I was wearing this really weird like lace bodysuit thing. Don't ask you guys. It was weird. And <laughs> I looked really good in it though. Cause I had my like 22 year old body or I guess my 21 year old body even. <laughs> and I'm washing my hands and this incredible queen comes out and she's like, that looks good on you. And I remember being like, oh my God, thank you. Like I felt so like accomplished that somebody told me that that looked good and I like went out and was like oh my god you guys <laughs> she told me it looked good but You're like I'm in <laughs> yeah but but even you know it, it was a really interesting I remember too you know I was in the bathroom one time and there was this really drunk girl and and of course we never drank while we were there because we were hanging from a trapeze and you would die if you drank yeah good call <laughs> yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I was always real sober and by the time we got there at midnight everybody was really not oh, and yeah. <laughs> there was a girl in the bathroom and she came up um I was washing my hands again and she comes up to me and she's like um, this is another night, by the way. And she's like, do you work here? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I do hoop. What's up? And she was like, I just like wondered what kind of bar this is. What? And I looked at her and I went, oh. And I just said, I was like, if you have to ask that, then you're in the wrong one, babe. Ooh, yeah. Good for you. That's an awesome You know, response. like, man. Ew, and, yeah. Uh, like, and she doing here? Well, and she <laughs> said, it looks like there's a lot of, and she used the bad F word that I'm not even going to say because I hate it. Oh, hell no. Um, and she was like, here. And I looked at her and I was like, where the, where the fuck? And I just walked away because it was like, I'm not going to like change this bitch in this moment. Like, yeah, she's yeah. not going to learn anything drunk as fuck in the bathroom at the fucking bar. But like. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> No, and it was it was even interesting hearing how people would refer to it 
like certain people would call it the bar and everybody in the community and us, we called it the club. Hmm. I don't know what, like, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was, it was just interesting. But anywho, I mean, my time there, like reading this article really, um, it really got to me in the best of ways. Like it made me think like, oh shit, like, was I even doing that by what I chose to wear by, you know, how I was kind of parading or was I embracing or was I appropriating? And to be perfectly honest, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if there are any listeners out there in the LGBTQ community that would love to give some input, I mean, it's that is really hard to parse and figure out because you know you're an ally. Um, You probably had a large part in helping make effects a safe place for the LGBTQ community. But yeah, as we've talked about, there's so many layers that could be considered appropriation at the same time that that makes it really confusing. Totally. And like, I wouldn't even say a large part. Like I was there to have the same kind of fun that they were there for. Um, I just, it just never, to me, it was, there was no diff. Like I, I felt safe there. I felt like everyone yeah. who was there as a, even when straight guys were there and they would try to, they would put their hands on your feet and try to pull you out of the hoop and stuff like that. Like when, People even when, oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh my God. They pulled. Uh, Did you kick well, them? <laughs> I mean, you can't, you, you don't see them in time. So wow. what we used to be, we used to be, ha, like I still do this. No. So originally <laughs> we were above like the dance floor, dance floor, which looked so cool. We were like really near Our, one of the bars yeah. so people could see us and they'd get under us to go to the bar and it was really cool. So that meant like if I was sitting in the hoop and, and I pointed my foot, my toes were about the top of the heads of oh, most wow, okay. people. Every once in a while there'd be like a super tall person, but there wasn't, you know, a whole lot of... So I, I think we were about... The hoop was about 10 feet off the ground. Okay. And which is far enough if someone pulls you and you're not ready and you come out that you could hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, and the first time that that happened, my friend was up and somebody who was drunk thought it was funny to take her foot and spin her like really oh hard. Oh, my God. Yeah, and she was just sitting up there. Like, we spent, we did 15-minute sets. Um, we did two 15-minute sets apiece, and that does not sound, like, super long. Um, but it's fucking long. Uh, I bet it's long as fuck. That looks so hard. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and you're, you're holding on to a solid aluminum hoop that's covered in athletic tape. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you're just sort of, like, and, you, and, and you're never not engaging your entire core and your glutes and everything to just stay where you are. Um, so when they spun her, she didn't come out of the hoop. She she almost came out of the hoop because she was not prepared. And that scared the shit out of us. Yeah. So that was like, that was not okay. And then there were a couple of times where people kept trying to like, they would like put their hands inside what you were wearing. Um, uh, you know, certain, yeah, yeah. Like just certain stuff you'd expect, but still. Yeah. Certain, certain things like that. And and it was a really interesting, it was just a really interesting moment because there were certain moments that like being straight in there, I was like, oh wait, like I I actually really feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And that only happened like once or twice. And that was really because this this one particular woman was really scary and she really wanted my very good friend's phone number and like wanted to give her money and we were refusing it because we were like, oh. no, we're not going to take money because... 
we don't want you to come back (laughs) but 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 it was more like we just don't want you to come back because you're because you're a mean human you're not a fun human um but (laughs) but like but 99.9 I mean that was honestly there out of the countless nights that I was there that was the only time but then I think about moments where I truly appropriated because we went to their we had Halloween off one year and we went and we they we won their costume party oh shit yeah like and they totally did that because they knew us really and wow, like, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, like, you... our costumes were not that good. Oh, do you remember what they were? Yeah, we were Barbie and Skipper. <laughs> I mean, we looked hilarious, but we weren't, like, I mean, the, some of them were wearing, like, full Victoria's Secret, like, angel wings. Like, serious yeah. shit. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, I and mean, I even... could go and get too drunk and fucking do whatever I wanted and fall down. And I, I, I don't think I ever got, you know, in trouble there. Yeah. Wow, that's that's really interesting. Even I mean even the concept of like having Halloween celebrations there is tricky, right? It's like yeah. something I think about a lot like with the Folsom Fair, street fair being here. Um like What is and, that? So it's like basically like a, a big BDSM leather wearing fair that kind of started, I think it started here in San Francisco. It's like the biggest one and Um, I think they have ones like them all over the country now, but it was, you know, sort of described um, by the writer Dan Savage as sort of a place where the sexual revolution was happening because it was a place where people felt comfortable dressing like themselves, expressing things sexually that they wanted to, that they didn't feel comfortable doing in public before, and how, interestingly enough straight people only have Halloween as their time where they can do that. Like Halloween is the time where straight people, where all bets are off, right? It's like the one time where like, for the most part, if you're called a slut, it's by another woman, right? It's not like, if if at all, but like, it's the one time that like straight women feel totally comfortable basically going out naked. And I think a lot of like Folsom Street Fair, Pride events, etc., are like that for the LGBTQ community, although straight people have started to kind of take that as their own as well. Not take mm-hmm. it away, but, like, use it as another opportunity. So it's interesting to think of, like, Halloween celebrations in a gay club because it's, like, you know, is that appropriation or is that the one space where, like, maybe it's acceptable because, you know, that is the time where, like, everybody feels comfortable, like, expressing their sexuality to some degree because everyone's in costume. But then should we even be thinking about that in a costumey sort of way? I mean, yeah. there's just so many things to consider there. But I loved when, you know, I read, of course, now the name of his book is escaping me, but I read Dan Savage's most recent book. And when he was talking about the sexual revolution and how Halloween was, like, the place where straight people really got to express that I was like oh my god I never thought of it that way like I can I can admit true confession right here that I have been guilty of mega judging women for dressing super sluttily on Halloween I'm like yeah why why has it turned into that like you have to be like a slutty Frankenstein for it to pass as like a Halloween costume now right which is like kind of the running joke but I kind of started to think about it a little differently when I was like wow like that's sort of sad if that's like the place that straight people the only time, like, we even feel, like, unprudish enough to, like, be like, you know, all of us are different in our sexual appetites and all of us might express that differently. And that doesn't necessarily even have anything to do with whether you're straight or not. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. 
It just totally changed my perspective. So to think about like Halloween and having a contest at a gay club, it's just like yet another layer of like, is that an appropriate space where like everyone's kind of fair game, like in terms of a, of a costume contest, for example, or is it just like even worse? <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, for us, it was it was terrible that they gave that to us because we did not win. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, we, yeah. If, if if we had come in and we looked at it and like and been like fuck yeah like if you know if we had worked forever on our costumes and shit like that but we did yeah. not yeah. we did not wow that's really interesting the other yeah. part of this article that I like you know really wanted to hear your opinion on just given that you're in the wedding industry is the fact that like more and more it seems like bachelorette parties are like hitting up the gay clubs like. What do you think about that? Like, is that, like, more of a black and white, like, appropriation thing? I mean, do you get involved at all in knowing, like, what your bride's bachelorette parties are like? You know, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. I, I, I'm more, um, if I work with them for, like, a full service situation, so we're working on the whole thing, then I know at least where they went or where they're going. Sure. Um, for those of you who don't know me and reiterating and you're maybe new, I am a wedding planner. Um, but, and sometimes like, I don't like that job. Like today I didn't like that job, but some days, most (laughs) days, most days I really, really like that job. Um, but I honestly think that it is rooted in white privilege and the main concern about bachelorette part for, for, for bachelorette parties, either ones that I've been a part of or, um, ones that I have heard of is that they just don't want to be bothered. And so Hmm. by, by going to, you know, accessing those queer spaces, which they do not necessarily have, have the, the, um, the same right to access, um, I think right. that's what they're trying to do. And I think a lot of what this article and, and all of the others that are like it are, are trying, I mean, are, are basically like alluding to is that like, we don't, we as white straight women don't realize that we just take up space. Yeah. Like it would be a lot different and that made it sound like all we do is take up space. That's not what I mean. It's kind of the opposite is that it's like our, we take up a lot of space. We're loud. We, you know, we drink, we buy drinks, we talk to everybody. We want to know what's going on. And we don't shut up when people are performing and we don't, you know, we're, <laughs> we, we have our, we, we build a microcosm wherever we are. And, and, and the reason why we do that is because that's how we feel safe. We travel yeah. with our microcosm because we have to, but we don't necessarily we don't necessarily consider what it was to build an establishment around a particular community because because we don't have one. We no, we do I mean, and we don't. We do and we don't. We like, have that's many of them, but we don't. We but we access them typically. We access them in spaces that also belong to others. Yes, that's exactly true. Because it's so interesting, right? It's like, like, it's true. It's like, I would like to travel in a pack of women. And I would much rather go to if I'm going to be out drinking, especially like would much rather go to a place where I feel safe, like not considering that there's I'm making it unsafe for others, but it's like because I'm thinking of it from a feminist perspective, right? I'm like, well, we don't have anywhere to go. Like, I mean, if you think about it, it's like there's very rarely a case like where I would ever go to a bar by myself, like, yeah. at all. 
Um, and yeah, to your point, like a lot of the time it does feel safer in LGBTQ spaces and they're not made for us, but it's like, it's not like there's like a women's only club either, you know? So it's like, and not that I'd necessarily want to go to that sort of like an all girls school. I never wanted to do that when I was a kid, but on the other hand, it's sort of interesting. It's like, we're trying to carve out our own space as like a minority being a woman, but then being white and straight, you know, it's like, here we are clamoring in, being all loud in our big group of drunk people, like, taking up space, like you said. Yeah. And I think, I think really the point of this article, or at least the point of it for me, was to really be conscious about that. So be conscious about the moments when it's appropriate to take space, uh, to take up space, and the moments when you are there to observe someone else taking up space, because I think both of them are appropriate, right? Like, I think, I think in order to broaden your mind, you have to put yourself in situations where what you're there to do is to watch other people take up space. So like, if you're a bachelorette party, and you're going to a drag show, go have fun, clap, sing along, you know, do all of the things that they sort of cue you to do. But, but don't stomp on the narrative that put you there. Like those places wouldn't at like, and this article brings it up that it's like, you know, people who come to these bars are not aware of Stonewall. They're not aware of what it what literal fights in the streets and, and overcoming, um, you know, things with family, overcoming social norms, overcoming, like, literally everything for, to be able to feel comfortable in a space for these people to, you know, to come and, and commune and have a show. Like, you, you are allowed at the show. Don't be a dick when you're there. Don't be a dick. And then also, like, the other point that I, they brought up that I thought was so good um, and really interesting is, like, don't go there if, like, your intent is to, like, get drunk and, like, put Make on a Make fun sh- of it. Well, and put on a show by, like, making out with your girlfriend. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it's, yeah. like, that's the other yeah. thing that they brought up is, like, a lot of the time, especially, like, if straight women are going with straight men, you know, to, um to gay clubs essentially like you'll see a bunch of girls like getting all up on each other sometimes making out and how confusing is that like it's like okay it's one thing sure yeah don't discourage like exploring your sexuality certainly but you're not exactly like that's seeing, not what they're doing seeing if you want to go on a date with a woman or even if you, you know it's it's not yeah it's not the same thing you're like no. putting on a show and definitely, like, whether your intent is or not, like, really shitting on the community. Like, it's like, how confusing must that be, like, to be like, oh, well, I'm not a lesbian, but maybe, you know, I'm going to put on this show. Or, like, even, I've even seen women, straight women, go to gay clubs with their friends and basically, like, you know, be like, oh, well, do you think anyone's going to think I'm a lesbian? Like, hope, you know, like, yeah. almost hoping, you know, like, almost be, like, I would be proud if they were attracted to me. But there's a certain, like, trickery to that, you know, like, because I've heard people actually say, like, oh, well, like, maybe, you know, maybe someone will change me into a lesbian or something like that. And it's like, uh, that's not how it works, that's actually. That's not how it works. That's not actually how it goes. So, like, you know, to that effect, too, 
not just like blatantly being disrespectful and making fun of, you know, drag shows and stuff to your point, but also like, don't go there. Like if you're like a 22 year old who wants to show your crush that, you know, you're hot because you're going to make out with a girl in front of him. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of what I read in this article, or at least I want to hope that a lot of what I read in this article comes from being really young and inexperienced and not well-versed in anything, (laughs) you know, like in anything at all. You're sort (laughs) of, you know, like you're, you're like, what you do for for your life is like you go to school or you go to work and you express yourself by getting drunk with your friends and and having a great time wherever you are you know what I mean like and I think as you get older or at least I have found this as I have gotten older that you you go okay but wait a minute like at what cost Am I doing this? Like, at what cost to my body? <laughs> at what cost to the venue? At what cost to the people who I'm with? At what, you know, you, you like, you start to kind of weigh some of those things. And, and I think whenever you sort of look, like, look at yourself in the mirror and you, and you find yourself trying to do something that would either match the venue or would, um, or wouldn't like like I don't know I what I'm trying to say is like if you're if you're dressing and this sounds dumb but you're gonna understand what I mean but like if you're dressing and behaving for the space that you're going into then you're probably appropriating yep right it's like oh let me put on this ridiculous costume because I'm going to a gay club like that's right right I'm gonna wear a bunch of glitter even though I wouldn't normally I found um, on everydayfeminism.com a kind of a cool, I'd love to share a little bit of this if you think that we have time. It's like, oh, please, of course. Yeah, it's like a guide for straight and cisgender allies in the LGBTQIA plus spaces. Yes. It's like totally what we're talking about. Um, So I'll just like read a couple of these because they're like totally relevant to what we've been, um, what we've been talking about. So one that the number one just kind of cracked me up, but put your money where your mouth is if you can. If you're at a gay bar or club, tip well. (laughs) If you participate in a queer centered (laughs) space or event, donate to the organization that maintains or sponsors it. So that is actually like something I wouldn't have considered. But really important. Yeah. It's like, all right, if you're going to go to that space, like support the community that it's actually built for. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Number two, check your assumptions about pronouns and labels. You know, we've talked about this on the podcast before, and it's not always easy, but don't assume based on the way someone looks or dresses or the way their partner looks or dresses that you know anything about their gender, sexual orientation, or any other identity. I mean, that's just like good to do in life in general, but particularly in safe spaces for LGBTQIA plus community. And it is, like, you may feel uncomfortable asking someone what their preferred pronouns are, but they don't feel uncomfortable. Like, like you know what I mean? They're going to feel more uncomfortable if you call them the wrong pronoun than if you just make yourself vulnerable for a second and ask. (laughs) Yeah, take the moment and say, like, hi, I am this person. Um, Like, what is your name? And this person gives you their name. And then you say, what are your preferred pronouns? Yeah. Yeah, say no, that. It's actually just actually say that, that hard. because no, everyone because they try can laugh it out loud you. right now. Yeah, <laughs> do it right now. Pronoun? What are your preferred pronouns? And somebody, you like, you know, they could they could laugh and go, oh, well, I'm obviously she or I'm obviously here, like whatever. And and you could go, who? Okay, whatever. 
Or they could say, thank you for asking. This is so, I am actually, I like to go by they. I am whatever. And, and then you laugh and you move on. So your response is the same both ways, yeah. you know, and you go, thank you for telling me. And it's both ways. Totally. But that's showing respect to the space that you're in. Totally. I love that. Also, okay, this is perfect. This is so like in line with what we've just been talking about. So another one is if someone you're not into hits on you, decline respect for <laughs> respectfully <So> like, <laughs> like no thank you <laughs> right don't pretend like you're gay to get free drinks or to mess with people and also don't be a weird weirdo and be like ew like why is this person hitting on me and you if know you what? do that it's a, it's a stop compliment. listening to this podcast because bye yeah bye don't do exactly. that don't ever bye. talk to us again um, the next one is, again, totally in line. Remember that LGBTQIA plus spaces and the people in them do not exist to entertain you. <laughs> so yeah. Mm-hmm. We've, we've been saying that again and again. And then number five, know when to stay home. I love that, right? So oh, it's like, yeah, that's great. I mean, that's like a really nuanced one, obviously. And sure. it doesn't give like, you know, a full spreadsheet of how exactly to know when to stay home. But it, it actually does say that many LGBTQI plus spaces are open and welcoming to straight cis allies. Um, but just make sure that, um, again, that you're picking events that are specifically open, like pride parades, queer-centered performing arts are all examples of spaces that are, you know, generally okay and less otherwise specified. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing is, like, look into the event info because I think it'll be pretty clear from that whether it's, like, this is a celebration for LGBTQI plus community and allies to celebrate all of this together and the unity that it can bring together. And then there are certain events that are just going to be appropriate and, and not, you know not appropriate for us to go to we've right. been using the word appropriate a lot today by the way which is I really know. funny given it's how much really... we've also said appropriation i know damn it i want another word for appropriate but appropriate works so well it does it's it so, appropriate. so well. <laughs> it's so appropriate <laughs> <laughs> anyway that was the whole list but i thought that those were also relevant to all of the things that we just questioned and extremely i um you know assume that that was a collaborative effort with the lgbtqi plus community to create for us white cisgendered folk. But again, any of you listeners out there, um, allies or in the LGBTQI plus community that can, you know, really help us start to figure some of this out because we do want to be your ally. And the reason we wanted to talk about this on this True Confessions is because we're just finishing up Pride Month. We've had a lot of pride. We've been going to events. We had Sarah McBride on for an interview from the Human Rights Campaign to talk about trans rights. queen. Again, the queen. queen. The queen. If you have not listened to that episode yet, you must. Um, But, you know, this is this is just I think what we thought, right, was like kind of a perfect way to close um, Pride Month from our behalf is just, you know, considering, again, how can we best be allies and how can we consider that some of our actions in the past that we maybe didn't consider as appropriation as appropriation now so that we can, you know, kind of amend those for the future. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Super well said. Yeah. Oh, thanks. All right, bye. <laughs> I mean, like on that note, follow us on on. I I keep trying to say Insta, you guys. I you made have one, an Insta. I, I know, but I don't post on it. So I guess follow us, and then I'll fucking post on that shit. 
But go to chugandchat.com because we have all of our blog posts, all of Please. our True Confessions episodes, all of our Feminist Friday episodes. So it's a great place to start. But we're, of course, on iTunes, Pocket Casts, and SoundCloud, basically anything that you can find and listen to us on. So do it. Do it. Do, do it. it. Do okay, it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.